everyone. You're listening to Little Bit of Life podcast with Little. This podcast is dedicated to having the real, raw, and the occasional ridiculous chats about everything that we seem to think but don't say. Very little is off limits. Sit back, enjoy, and let's get started. episode is sponsored by the candle company llc one of the best and most clean candles you can find using a proprietary paraffin blend wax premium oils made from scratch with the most natural fragrances specifically formulated for people with allergies and asthma make sure you check them out on candles company llc and use the code littlebit10 for 10 percent off okay my turn five things i'll never do after being married to a narcissist one trust i no longer immediately trust people trust is something that needs to be earned through me two character i do not fall in love with anybody unless i get to know their character first so i need to know that your actions match your words are you who you really say you are three i know now that Other people's feelings are not my problem. I will not be trying to guess. There will be no more questions like, are you okay? Did I do something wrong? What's the matter? Yeah, if you can't use your big boy words to express to me that you have a feeling about something, don't expect me to ask you what's going on with you. You need to either come to me or we're done here. I ain't trying to figure that shit out. Four. I'll never not use boundaries again. I'll never not have firm boundaries because if I apply a boundary and you don't like it, then guess what? I'm probably not for you because me having boundaries is the space in which I can love myself and you simultaneously because then we just get enmeshed and it gets messy and I've been there, done that, not doing that again. And finally, number five, I will never allow someone to make me question my own sanity again, because if I apply one through four very well, chances are I'm going to choose someone who's a quality person who is worth my worth. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Little Bit of Life podcast with Little. My guest truly needs no introduction, but if you've been living under a rock, let's say for the past two years, you don't have a computer, you don't have the internet, and you've never heard of TikTok, then let me give you a proper introduction. There's a new song that's out by Lauren Spencer Smith. It's called A Narcissist, and can we just say that that really hits home? That is why we are talking about this topic today for a part two, as well as we have the one, the only Michelle, known as Michelle's secret one. If you have TikTok, you might want to sneak on over there. She's well known for her content as a place of encouragement and answers while healing from a narcissist. So welcome in my amazing friend. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. We are talking about that typical title that everybody seems to label everybody these days, especially in the dating world, whether you're a man or a woman. And we're talking about a narcissist. So what inspired you to create your platform to not only speak about such strong topics, but also to help others on this? Uh, well, I married a narcissist and, um, was in a relationship where I was confused and Googling, uh, things about this person, um, started believing that my, everything I believed about myself and all of my awesome were not who I really thought that I was because of who this person was making me believe. Long story short, I 
got discarded from this person and slowly had to pull myself out of a dark hole, uh, the darkest place I've ever been in my life. And I did it pretty rapidly. And I was in a lot of groups because the support groups helped me get through it, TikTok. And I noticed that during my journey, I was encouraging and motivating people as I was healing. Um, so I just, I knew Narc Talk was a fantastic platform that helped me. So I decided I wanted to give back to other survivors. Is this your first experience you've ever had with a narcissist? Did you kind of know what those signs were? Because so many listeners that may be kind of popping into this on just a quick drive to work, or maybe they're sitting at work and they're listening. It always seems to, it always seems to kind of go back to that. Well, my partner has this trait, but not this trait. My partner does this, but there always seems to be like a pullback of, but that we come up with excuses as to why we do or do not want to put our loved one in that category. So did you kind of see those red signs or the trigger warnings or, you know, kind of the love bombing and all of that in the beginning, or was it just gradual? Uh, no, actually. So during the relationship, you know, it started, yeah, I got, I got totally love bombed. I left everything behind. I moved in with this person, you know, after we got engaged and it, it, it started with controlling, right? So I started Googling, why is my spouse controlling? Um, why, how to, how, how to love someone through depression? Why does my spouse have to be right all of the time? So I started Googling things and it really was, I had no idea. Um, and I, I remember during my Google searches, everything led to a toxic relationship. And, you know, while we're living with them, we're living with a facade and we are in denial. Right. Um, so it wasn't until he actually discarded me that when I put in his behavior at the discard in a Google search, did it all come together that all of the behaviors were that he was a narcissist. But other than that, I didn't know what I was living. Was it fast moving and fast paced? A lot of times with narcissists and in relationships in the love bombing stage, everything is almost like on hyperdrive. So you meet someone, it you just feel you're the luckiest person in the world. They've never loved someone this much. They've never felt this before. So the process of dating a normal individual versus a narcissist, it's like, on steroids, you, everything is quick and fast and moving fast, but you don't really seem to notice because you're just so engulfed in that feeling. Did you kind of have that experience? Oh, totally. Yeah. And, you know, it was because they require so much attention, right? We, we are nothing merely, but a vessel for them to exist with our attention. So it was, you know, we met on Tinder and it was, and he was long distance and he was in my town. He said he was in my town because he was looking for property. Obviously, that was all a lie. Um, so I would never have pursued it had I known that eventually I would have ended up moving. But it was very fast. It was everything he ever wanted. I ever wanted in a person. He had all of my values, you know, a, a ton of attention, texting constantly, constant compliments, gifts. Um, every romantic date you could ever imagine. And because we were long distance, we really only saw each other every probably twice a month. And we got engaged after a year. Um, and then I moved in short, moved, I moved and left everything behind shortly after we got engaged, probably about two months after that. Uh, so yeah, very fast moving. It seems to be 
I would say the normal behavior that the empaths uh, such as ourselves, we are the ones that give everything up. We are the ones that our lives change drastically. We move, we change jobs. We, like you said, in that control situation, their day-to-day life does not change because at the end of the day, they don't even know who they truly are. It's just a facade, but our life flips upside down drastically and very fast. So when it's actually over and the discard portion happens, that's why we're, we're going through this time of, of rebirth. You're learning who you are again, how to find yourself because you've molded into what they wanted you to be versus who you actually were and accepted for that. Um, And I think it's interesting that you said that you moved and you, you did that through the long distance process, because I mean, let's be real at the end of the day, they'll never move. It's just, that's just how they are. (laughs) And I I always say that we're the ones that make all the sacrifices. And I remember at the discard, you know, me saying to him, you know, because the, the, the discard is when they're done with you, right? You go through their cycle, they love bomb you, and then they see the flaw in you, they devalue the crap out of you, they give you the bare minimum during that time, because they can't keep you around and be terrible to you the whole time. That's what causes the trauma bond. And then they're looking for new supply because they need a reflection of perfection from someone new. And so then they discard you. They throw you away. There's no answers, right? I left everything behind for this man to move in with him um, and to start a life with him. And he gave me eight months of marriage to, and then everything was my fault. It's all because of you, 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 you. And, you know, I remember being like, I literally left everything behind for you. I started a new job. My kids started a new school. I, you know, were trying to blend a family. Like there's a lot going on. And, you know, cause at that point during the discard, everything I believed was all my fault. And it's, you know, we make all the sacrifices. And I now that I'm 10 months post to discard, it's really easy to see how we believe because we make all of these sacrifices, eventually, they will see the good in us, believing and hoping that they will eventually see the good in us, the more sacrifices we make in within our own selves, right? Mm hmm. You posted a video and I'll have the audio in this so that people can listen to it. And of course you live on my for you page. Uh, you're there all the time, which is fantastic. And a video that you just posted a day ago and it really hit home. I'm going to put it also on the Facebook podcast, just because I want listeners to interact with this. What was a word that you do not remember learning? And when I saw that, I'm like, okay, where's this going to go? What direction is she going to take this one? And it was amazing because you said your response was boundaries. And at your age that you have never learned, even as a child, you were never learned, like learning that word, um, healing from a narcissist and toxic relationship. It's all about learning. Do you think that this is something that should be taught to our children? Like something that's maybe missing that kind of could prevent this from happening with the next generation? Definitely. Um, You know, I'm actually reading a really good book right now by Dr. Henry Cloud um, on boundaries. It's probably one of the most popular. It's a faith based boundaries book. And, um, you know, he talks about that. We get conditioned as children to break our boundaries. You know, go hug your go hug your grandma, even though the child may not want to. The child is presenting themselves with a boundary, but parents are teaching young kids, teaching us. We I was taught that my boundaries didn't matter. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and over time, as an adult, when we start to grow into ourselves, um, boundaries aren't even a discussion that ever takes place. Um, my parents didn't have those conversations. I wasn't having those conversations with friends. So yes, I definitely think it's something that needs to be taught at a really young age um, and moving forward. What are your boundaries? Um, and you know, what I've learned is boundaries are, and I got this from Brene Brown's book, uh, Atlas of the Heart, but boundaries are the space at which I can love myself and you simultaneously, where I don't lose any parts of myself to be able to love someone else. I love that. I don't feel that society in general accepts others' boundaries. I think we are in this generation that, especially with social media, we are projecting everything that we want people to see of our life out there. So when you place a boundary, people see boundaries as a form of disrespect. But in all reality, like you said, it's a form of respect that we have for ourselves first and then respect for others. Leaving a narcissistic relationship, you have to learn to put yourself first again, because that's what puts you in that place. I'm not very good at that because I wear my heart on my sleeve. I will do anything for anyone. And I think that's what they pick up on. And they really focus and hunt and find those people. Do you consider in the 10 month time period, if someone were to use this word with you, because I'm really interested, I always put people on the spot. Would you consider yourself to be selfish right now in this point of your life? Selfish? Um, no. Um, so I say that I'm in a place where the only relationship that matters the most is the one that I have with myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm in this place where having this relationship with myself, learning to love myself, um, but... I wouldn't exactly call myself selfish. I mean, is, is do you have to be selfish to have boundaries? You know, can you think of other people? Can it can it be what's good for you at the time? So we don't have to say yes to everything. We can say yes to the things that are good for us in the moment at the time. Mm-hmm. I only ask that because when we did, I did a social experiment, which was very interesting of all places. I did it on a dating app. So a friend of mine has a dating app. I used her app. Um, it was on Bumble and Tinder. So I wanted to do the both of them because let's just be real. Tinder's completely different sometimes than Bumble. There's just that facade. And I asked so many people and I went on there as both looking for a man and a woman, because I didn't want it to be just men that were answering this question. I wanted it to be both. And it was very interesting to when they ask, you know, oh, what are you looking for? I always said, I'm looking for someone that matches my energy, but does not steal from my happiness. It was so interesting to get this feedback. And of course, I let them know, hey, you're in the social experiment. This is what I'm, you know, it's kind of what I'm I'm playing around with. Almost 90% of the men stated that is selfish. And over a hundred straight across the board, hundred percent of the women said, I value that. I love your strength. I love that you're strong and that you're independent. So I found that very interesting because what happens when we do set boundaries? Because so many people think boundaries are selfish in this generation because it's this fueling of, I need this from you. And I have this expectation from you, but they don't even have that for themselves. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, being in a narcissistic relationship, I'm in a place right now where I'm really reviewing what my expectations are and what they're based off of. What beliefs are my expectations about what I want for myself, right? Um, how, what were my expectations of this person? How did my beliefs about this situation change my expectations? Um, and really what you learn about being with a narcissist or in a narcissistic relationship is that boundaries prevent you from they're they're a filter for people who aren't going to have respect for you who aren't going to care about you if i put a boundary like the other night i went out and i was i had a drink in my hand and there was a gentleman that kept wanting to approach me and talk to me and he put his hand on me and the old Michelle would have allowed him to continue to place his hand on me. But new Michelle is like, please don't touch me. Um, and he like made a big deal about it. He's like, oh my gosh, like you're, you're so confident and strong and oh, and look at, and you can just say it. And you like made a big deal about it. And I thought like how many people are allowing this person to just touch them? Um, so I agree with you. <clears throat> and that's what the, in this book with Dr. Henry Cloudy talks about that. It's not just about you placing your boundaries, but having respect for what other people's boundaries are and learning not to take people's boundaries personal. Mm -hmm. You have a post from the past week that talks about social media and looking and almost just being so intrigued by the narcissist social media pages. Um, a huge point to touch on is that social media now is a form of not only meeting these people, but it's also on the flip side, a part of the healing process. Um, how it used to be even 10 to 15 years ago, when we split up with somebody, we didn't have to worry. Okay. How many other women or men are they following? Um, are they speaking poorly about me? Because that's what narcissists will do. They will create the narrative and they will make you look like the worst human in the world. So they can play the victim. But you really touch on this, which is great because it's, why are you looking at their social media? Why are you going and blocking and then unblocking and then going back and, and not blocking their number? I know I have listeners right now and you're sitting there going, mm-hmm, yeah, that's me. Yeah, I do that. So I think the big question to ask you, especially with your healing process and helping others, why do you think we do that? Because a part of us still believes that it it was us a part of us still believes that they're a good person a part of us believes that they're giving to somebody else what we wanted from this imaginary person that we created in our mind um they leave us so broken and torn down we are psychologically addicted to this abusive cycle it's not the person we're addicted to it's the abusive toxic cycle so that is part of our cognitive dissonance, right? Saying in the relationship, we knew this person was terrible for us, but yet maybe if I change or maybe they'll change or maybe something different will happen. So we, we look in thinking they're going to be, they're doing something wonderful. And also we get stuck thinking about the love bomber mm -hmm. when, you know, the love bomber existed, the smallest amount of the relationship, but that's the person that hooks us onto because when we're still in the cloud of, or the fog of the love bomber and the relationship, and we haven't withdrawn enough, we want to see this person we believe that it's that good person and they're giving all of the wonderful stuff that we got at love bombing 
they're giving that to somebody else. And we can't see that that love bomber was the manipulative, lying piece of shit that was only needing us so that they could have self-worth and self-esteem through us. And that's all, and you know, that's that I preach that all the time. That's all the new supply is, right? It is a new person giving them worth and self-esteem. We need to back off from looking at that train to trauma town is what I call it. The big question that many ask, and maybe you've been asked this before, I'm sure you have, especially on, you know, that amazing TikTok where everyone has something to say and give their opinion. Do you believe that narcissists change or do you believe that they repeat the cycles? I know that they repeat the cycles. I'm a repeated cycle. Um, And, you know, they can change, but they can't uh, learn. They only have the perception of what they've learned in their life, what they became. They never, you know, they have no sense of self. Um, and they lack being able to create their own worth and esteem. Um, they don't have empathy for other people. So can't, and then they have all of these behaviors because they've chosen to create a false facade and live there so that people will quote unquote, see them as good and not have to face their true self of shame and worthlessness. Right? So can they change? Sure. Could they look in the mirror? And what I say about them changing is number one, if they change, it's not going to do anything about the trauma that they have caused you. And if they change, if they decide to change, can you imagine the amount of years that it takes to learn to create your own worth, learn to create your own esteem, learn to not live through a facade you've lived in your whole life? learn to deal with your own worthlessness and shame um, and, but, and unlearn all of the abusive behaviors that they do that protects their false facade from being exposed. Um, You know, I made a video a couple of days ago about if you really want to know what it's like to what the narcissist feels, how desperate they are, put yourself in the situation of the narcissist of your relationship from beginning to end, but do it in reverse. In the beginning, we felt really good about ourselves. And in the end, we feel like shit. In the beginning, they felt like crap about themselves. But at the end, they leave feeling really good because they've depleted all of our worth and esteem. Um, That's how desperate they are to move on to somebody else, how desperate we were trying to beg and plead and change and do everything they ever um, wanted us to do. Mm -hmm. So yeah, can they change? Sure, they could choose to change, but they also choose to live in a facade and they choose to abuse to protect the facade and they choose to ignore the fact that they have to heal. We get forced with the fact they force us to heal everything about our life that we learn that we need to recognize that got us into the situation in the first place. I mentioned this on quite a few episodes about dating and I had a life coach on with us and she was, she was giving us her peace of mind. And I loved that aspect as well. And she made a comment of, we want a partner, not a project. So I know I have a listener that's there right now saying, well, maybe he'll change. Maybe he'll change. This is a reminder. Like she said, they can change if they choose to, but it's okay to accept the fact that they can change for the next person. 
they don't have to change for you. You don't have to mold. And I always say force the fit for it to work. And that's the problem with narcissists when we're dating them is we put everything that we have into them just to make it work by the bare minimum. So why would you accept that? Do you want a partner or do you want a project? Because the change takes years and years and you're having to sit there and basically guide them on how to be a good human being, because that has not been a learned process for them. Well, and the person that you want to change doesn't even exist. Mm -hmm. So you, you never knew them. They never knew you. They never cared to know you. They only cared to use you to get their needs met because as a child, they never got their needs met. So they grew in defense mode, uh, survival mode to get their needs met. And so we are that vessel. We are, we are expected to meet every single one of their needs. Um, who, so if you want to think about them, you don't ever really know them. They created a version of who you thought that they wanted, you wanted them to be. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's kind of always been what my reality has been. And if he does decide to change, who will he be? Will I even want him? Number one. And when you sit for me now, 10 months of healing and rebuilding my worth, rebuilding my self-esteem, learning to practice boundaries, learning that I was a people pleaser, learning to do things differently, because really it's like, it's almost like an addict, right? Like you look in the mirror and go, okay, what I've been doing in my life, I need to do differently. When you're healing through this process, what does dating look like? Do you feel that it's necessary? Cause I know you and I talked before recording, but do you feel that it's necessary for the healing process to take your time to learn? Like I said, that rebirth of who you are again, or do you think some find it easier as a comfort mechanism to jump into someone else, to have that comfortability, to feel like they're not alone through the process? What's, what's your advice on that? Well, if, First of all, we have, if it's too soon, we have the love bombers stuck in our mind. So we're going to compare everybody to a person who pretended to be everything we wanted to be so that they could eventually use us and manipulate us. This person never exists and never will. You will never find anyone that, and if you do find someone that tries to do those things like red flag toxic, go away. Right. Um, and so you you want to you want to spend enough time away from that person um and you need to hurt people hurt people um the narcissist is a perfect example of what past trauma bringing past trauma into a new relationship can do i would if i started dating while i'm still healing from the narcissist i have all of these trust issues i have all of these worth issues i have all of these self-esteem issues um you know not so much now but I would be bringing those into a relationship. My expectations of this person would be for me to be able to say, hey, yeah, so I have these trust issues from this other person. And then they're going to try to have to meet my trust issues because another person broke me. But that's literally a cycle I just left with another person because he had trust issues. And I was always trying to prove to myself because of his trust issues from his past trauma, he's never healed. Mm -hmm. So we can do that, but that's been a cycle. I've lived that cycle over and over again. I got out of a relationship. I went into another relationship and then another one and no relationship that I've been in have really, when I look back, 
have been a quality, healthy, true, loving, nurturing relationship. Mm -hmm. So if we want to do something different, we have to sit in a place alone and work on ourselves so that, and, and also it's really important to be able to sit alone because a lot, I don't, uh, I'm going to just say it. A lot of us have abandonment issues um, with, for, that's what gets us. The narcissist filled a hole. We need to fill that hole ourselves. We need to fill that void ourselves so that we never get into a place with someone else where we don't want to leave and we talk ourselves out of how bad the relationship really is because they're giving us the bare minimum and that fills a hole. Mm-hmm. To wrap this episode up, it's a question that you get asked by so many. Um, I think you answer this completely on um, TikTok, but for listeners that may not have TikTok, what gets you stuck when you're healing from a narcissist? What gets you stuck? Um, believing that you love them, believing that you miss them, um, believing that they are the person they pretended to be, um, ref- not going, not going, no contact and, um, learning that when you pull yourself away from this person, you won't, you know, we don't love our abuser. Love, this relationship was never love. It was a crap ton of attention and admiration um, and a void that got filled. Love is about respect, honesty, dignity, care, concern, trust, you know, and then you don't miss your abuser. You don't miss being gaslit, feeling worthless, trying to always meet their goalposts. You don't miss anything about the relationship. So we just have to face our reality, tell ourselves the reality. Reality first fantasy. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, for anyone that is new to TikTok or maybe you don't follow her, I'll make sure to put all of your information in the bio. Um, and like I said in the beginning, the new song out by Lauren Spencer Smith, uh, it's called Narcissist and it really hits home. It's available on Spotify, Apple, Google Music, find it on YouTube, anywhere that you can listen to it, take a listen. There's a part in it, especially in the beginning, and it says they're always charismatic and they'll turn up the charm. This is something that they do in the very beginning. Their words do something magic. Say, saying no is really hard. The epitome of a narcissist. Mm-hmm. And when she talks about it, she says one little fight breaks into war and it feels like you're dying on the bathroom floor. You'll make an excuse. They'll say it's you. And the mirror is telling you it's true. Won't leave, but can't stay. And how much are you going to take? That is just the little excerpt from her song. So if you're going through anything that we've talked about today, take a listen to that song. And remember, you don't have to make excuses for happy It's just natural. So if you're making excuses for that other person, in the end, you're only making excuses for yourself. Thank you so much for tuning in with me and spending your time hanging out. Hopefully you enjoyed today's podcast and a special thank you to all our sponsors. Make sure to check them out. If you have any tips or topics, feel free to email me at littlebitoflifecast at gmail.com or you can also reach out to me on Instagram at littlecute1az. You never know if your topic will be next. Be sure to join me again for another episode of Little Bit of Life. Until next time, stay positive, stay blessed.